Welcome to the Company of One. This is episode 159. I'm your host, Dale Callahan, and today we're talking the 15-minute business plan. Yep, that's right, 15-minute business plan. If you've ever bought those giant books about how to write a business plan and banged your head against the wall after opening up a Word document and filling out hundreds of pieces of information, or you've bought that business planning software and, oh my gosh, just so many questions and you're just staring blank at the wall. You know, there's nothing wrong with the questions that most of those ask, kind of. Uh, there's sometimes, but they just overcomplicate things. People who really start business don't do all of those things. Uh, so what we're going to talk about here is are, are the ways that businesses actually get started. Uh, this is not, again, this is like I'm usually saying, this is not Dale's theory of things. This is just the reality. So I spend a lot of time meeting with business owners, people who have started businesses, people who help people start businesses. And for the last 20 some odd years, I've been helping people start businesses. The most successful businesses had the smallest business plan. I'm not making that uh, statement of fact, this is the way it always is, to write the, write the smallest business plan. But uh, I've seen businesses that sold out for 35, 40, 50, 60 million dollars that had 12 pages of written business plan. Uh, not, not all that glossy and fancy stuff. And I've seen other companies that had 50 pages, complex, six months worth of business plans that made, guess how much money? Zero. Yes, you're right. So the size of your business plan does not mean the size of your profit by any means. I think we all get that. So, but what does it mean to have a 15 minute business plan? So for most of us, we don't have a lot of time to uh, come up with a, uh, lots of business plans and stuff like that because we're busy doing our job, our day job for most of us. Think about this for a minute. If you spend, if you want to start a company, what do people tell you to do? I need to write a business plan. And number two, I need to go get money. Uh, so both of those are not accurate at all. What you want to do is have a plan, but you don't need a business plan. Uh, so what I find is a lot of times people go out and they write a business plan for the reason it stops them from engaging with customers. We don't really want a business. We would love the idea of money coming into us and just, you know, we answer the phone or we look at our email and money's coming our way. But uh, we want it to happen without engaging customers. That doesn't work. So what we do, though, is we write business plans. We open that up and we work on it really, really hard and we share it with our spouse, share it with our friends, share it with our family, and we feel like we've really succeeded because we have done a business plan. So today we want to talk about how to write your 15-minute business plan and to get moving by providing goods and services to people. Because that's what businesses is about. It's about providing goods and services to people. So the 15 business plan, the 15 minute business plan for your startup. So the key elements are simple. They should be obvious, but what we want to do is uh, not get caught up in all those things. We want to focus on customers and services. Here's here's the 15 minute business plan. We're going to put this. This will be in the podcast. I'll put it in the notes here too of what questions you want to answer. So if you have a nice little trusty sheet of paper or you have a Word document or you're something, if you can just answer some questions. Uh, and number one question, 
absolutely number one question. This is what I just got off the phone with uh, a company that was starting and I had to ask her after she spent 15 minutes telling me about stuff, I said, what problem are you solving? What problem are you trying to solve? Because I didn't know she had spoken to me for 15 minutes and I did not know what she was going to do. Don't be cute, don't be wordy. Uh, you know, just state the problem in its normal words. English, right? Well, whatever language you speak. But for most of us, English. What we get real cutesy here when we start talking about the problems we solve. So, for example, if you're a, a weight loss company, you're trying to help busy moms. So, for example, I want to help busy moms with preteen kids lose weight. Simple, right? It's not complex. You can say they're so busy running kids around eating healthy and getting exercise is hard. Now I had to read that, right? Because as simple as that sounds, it's not simple to get to simple. This is why marketeers make a lot of money, right? Because to get to simplicity and clarity can take some, uh, some, some stopping yourself from saying the complicated things. So what problem are you trying to solve? That's the first thing you've got to answer. Once you know what problem you're trying to solve, you actually now have some clarity. So uh, you just don't know the number of times that I've sat there and listened and said, what problem are you solving? And I'm not the only one. People say this all the time, that uh, people in business or venture capitalists or people uh, that are trying to uh, fund businesses, they'll listen to people's pitches for a few minutes till they get bored with it. And they'll say, what problem are you trying to solve? So the second question is who will, so that's the first question, what problem will you solve? Second question, who are you trying to serve? It's a question about who is your customer. Here's the trick. I don't have a wallet. I would give you a visual. But here's the trick is people take out money out of their pocket, out of their wallet, and hand it to other people, companies, for services, goods and services, right? You must identify who those people are. Those people are what we call customers, the people who are willing to listen to you and talk about your products and services and what you're going to offer. So who will you serve is the second question. You need clarity. Now this one, the answer is always, 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 it seems to be, I'm going to serve everybody and anybody. That's a dumb answer uh, because that's just not the way things work. Even Coca-Cola, who does advertise to everybody, has segments of the market. They have Coca-Cola that's different mixtures for different markets. Uh, so they don't really serve everybody. They serve everybody in different markets. You're not Coca-Cola. You're not going to start like Coca-Cola. You don't have the budget of Coca-Cola. So you need to really narrow down who do you serve. It needs to be someone who has the problem and someone who's aware that they have the problem. That's really important. To try to sell weight loss to somebody who doesn't realize they're fat and that they have a desire to lose weight just doesn't matter. Maybe they do realize they're fat and they don't want to lose weight. Well, you just don't, it's not going to work. You don't need to sell to those somebody. So you need to have someone who understands they have a problem, they're aware they have it, and they want to change it. For example, an overweight person who, who feels overweight or motivated to change it, who does not feel that, like I just said, will not uh, 
buy your products. Weirdly, in the weight loss market, a person who looks fit, who you're wishing you looked as fit as they did, they're more likely to buy a weight loss product. Why? Because they pay attention to that kind of stuff. Sometimes the things are get we get confused. And uh, oftentimes when I'm talking to businesses, they find themselves trying to sell to a market a good product and service, but they're trying to sell to the wrong people who are not going to pay for it because they want to save the world. They want to solve other people's problems. You can only solve other people's problems if other people want you to solve their problems. And sometimes we buy stuff when we don't need it. Who buys most books uh, on weight loss? It's not always fat people, right? Who, buy, who, who do you see at the gym? Go to a gym. Who do you see there? It's not the overweight, out of shape people. Of course, there's some of those, and especially this time of year, that's beginning of the new year. But generally speaking, they're in pretty dead gum good shape. They're strong, they're fast, and they look like they've been in the gym all the time. That's who you sell gym memberships to. So think through that. Who will you serve? So in the case I just gave you, though, busy moms. Who? So, but is busy moms? How do you get? to um, how do you get to who the busy moms are? Well, busy moms with kids is not clear enough. Now that may sound, well, you just said my, my target is help busy moms with kids lose weight. Yeah, but you kind of figure out who the busy moms are. And, and are they in a certain zip codes? Are they in certain areas? Are they uh, in certain, uh, are they you know minivan drivers? Do they go to Chick-fil-A? But busy moms with, you might say busy moms with kids who are from age 5 to 12. Maybe busy moms who are soccer, who truly are soccer moms, right? Because where can you find them? At the soccer games and the soccer field because they are so busy running their kids to soccer, they don't have time to lose weight. So these are the kind of things, the more clarity you can get on who you're serving, the easier your job becomes to sell the products and services. So first question was, what problem are you trying to solve? The second question, and by the way, just you're just writing this junk down. Again, I encourage you to take a nice little, little pad of paper here and just start writing it down. This is not rocket science. No, it's not. And this is, but this is, uh, but this planning, this 15 minute planning is actually what brings you to success in businesses. So. The third question is, what products or services will you offer to solve that problem? Right, you've identified a problem, you've identified the customer, now what can you deliver them? This is the one that drives, uh, drives my wife crazy sometimes. She's like, you just gotta put products out there because sometimes we're so busy doing things, we forget to put the products out there, right? Uh, we, we are busy helping people. I will go speak at conferences and talk about a problem. And you know what? After I talk about the problem and I'm talking to the right audience, you know what they do is they come up to me and they say, where do I buy it? And poor planning on my part sometimes is I'm like, oh, we, we haven't created the product yet. We didn't even think about creating a product. We do that all the time, right? So sometimes the products and services you should be selling are right there in front of you. You talk about them all the time. You have the answers. You're talking to your friends about them. Your friends are like, can you help me? Those are the kind of things uh, that you want to think about. But when we talk about products and services, though, new companies, new startup companies, boy, do we make some stupid mistakes here. We all do, 
right? Um, that's, where, that's where wisdom comes from, right? It's stupid mistakes. What products and services do you, do you offer and do you build? Think simple. That's not what we do. Now, I'm an engineer by training, you know, so by definition, engineers over-engineer everything three times. Part of that's for good reason. You don't want bridges to fall down, right? But uh, you don't want to overcomplicate what you're building. So uh, think about the most valuable thing that you can offer someone. There's a great book. I'll put a link to this in the show notes called The Lean Startup. And it calls it the MVP. The, not the most valuable player, but the minimally viable product. The minimally viable product, the MVP. And what they mean by that is what do I have to tape together to make it something that the customer will, ex- will actually buy? Not pretty, not everything that they need, but what is the basic thing that the customer needs. Don't overthink it. Be clear. For example, going back to our um, going back to our busy moms and weight loss issue. What does a busy mom who's running kids around all day, who's struggling to lose weight because she's eating out, she doesn't have time, her, her schedule's kind of consumed by her kids, what does she need to help her lose weight? Well, don't overthink it. You know, an iPhone app that will trigger mom to plan her day the night before. Maybe she needs to know what clothes she needs to work out and then go with her that day. Maybe she needs to know what foods to prep. Then during the day, the app will remind her what to eat and what exercises to do, right? So this is what we do is we typically start with an app. And so you think about what's the goal? Where do you want to be? Um, you know, in the next three years, and you break it down in a couple of months. So, but using my app example, so your first thought is, well, we've got to build an app. Well, how do you build an app? Well, if you don't know how to build an app, you hire somebody to build an app where you're going to cost between two and $30,000, depending on who you get and what you do. But maybe mom doesn't need that. Maybe what mom needs is just an email reminder to her every night that you automate or a text message to her that says, Mom, trying to lose weight, lay out the clothes that you need right now and go, you know, uh, answer me back in an email what you're going to eat and what you're going to do for food. In other words, you might find out what the customer needs is just a prompt. They need some accountability. They need something to remind them the night before, if I want to be healthy and eating and losing weight, I have to think about that ahead of time. Not, and so it, so point being, be simple. We once, once worked with a law firm, I mean a, a software firm, and I was on the board, and the software company had, had built some software for the legal industry. And another person on the board was a lawyer, and they had built an example, they had, and I forget what it was. It passed legal documents from something to something else, and this is all legal stuff. But they did a little demo of what it is they had, and, and, and they were saying, this is the software we're creating, and uh, this is just kind of a demo of one thing it will do, but we got like 20 other things planning, and we need $200,000 to pay the developers. That's what they were trying to raise. 
And uh, so I turned to the attorney that was on the board with me. I said, what do you think about this idea? And the attorney said, what they've already developed, I would buy that. I would buy that. My firm would buy that. All my lawyer friends would buy that because it's simple. It solves the simple problem that we need to solve. It was the minimally viable product. That company could have put that product out and made money and then developed all the other bells and whistles. Because you know, all the other bells and whistles we don't usually use. How many times have you used all the tools in Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel? You probably haven't. So think minimally viable product. That's where the magic is because you get to test the idea. Now that company, even though we, me and the attorney and several other people on the board were recommending them to go do that, they didn't. And they went out of business for so many reasons, but because they tried to overcomplicate and solve a big giant problem before they tested out the market. Minimally viable product. So think about your goals though. You know, what are you trying to do in your company? Um, as, as you're doing your plan, so we've already said what problem you're trying to solve, who are you going to serve, define it down, what products and services we, uh, are you trying to serve, or what products or services will you offer to solve that problem. And then think about your goals, because if you were going to communicate to somebody who might invest in your company, or maybe to your spouse, uh, that you, uh, that by definition is an investor, is uh, where do you want to be in the next three years? And don't overthink it, right? You're probably not going to be at a billion dollars in revenue in three years. It just doesn't happen. So be realistic. You know, where do you want to be? Goals are not a wish list, right? So, you know, that's what we call the one billion dollars in three years is what we call it the delusional zone. Right, that's just not how things happen. So think simple steps. So if you kind of set a three-year goal is, you know, by three years, I want to have a company that I can leave my day job that's got, let's pick $100,000 in revenue, you pick a number, and that's what I want to do so I can leave my day job. There's a goal, it's reasonable, it's reachable. It's been reached many, many times in even shorter periods of times. So then you break that down into one year, and then and say, okay, to get to there by one year, I need to get like, maybe I can get to $20,000 in revenue this year, right? That doesn't sound a lot, and you might be listening and saying, this is depressing, Dale. It's going to take me forever. But the, the trick in business is just like anything else, just like getting in shape or weight loss or anything else you've ever done, it's momentum. Keep doing things and keep doing them. The momentum drives and it drives revenue up at a business. As long as you're serving customers and serving serving customers, providing them services, being good to them, you'll keep making money, right? So take that three-year goal, break it down, I mean, break it down into a year, and then think about it in three-month chunks. Now that's how you live your life. That's how a lot of our companies are living their lives now, is in three-month chunks, where there's a project management scrum thing. If you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter. I probably don't know what it means either, but it sounds really fun, right? Uh, there's all kinds of management by objectives, there's OKRs, and there's all kind of fa fancy stuff, but it's essentially what it is, is it breaks things down into three month things, and then you just work toward that, right? And again, you don't overthink it. You're not looking for complicated messages. You're not trying to sell this. You're just trying to tell yourself, what do you do? Is just think about what are the things it has to do. So, by the way, once you know what little things you've got to do in three months, we have written on a whiteboard 
over here above my shoulder uh, are three-month things. And when we sit down and work, we have time in our schedule that our core team just works on this project. And we sit down two hours a day because we're both, we all got other things going on. We sit down two hours a day and work on that until number one is checked off, that first objective. But then we do the next two hours that, you know, keep doing this until other things are checked off. Two hours doesn't sound like a lot. Two hours may be a lot more than you have, but that kind of methodology is what gets you there. If I was investing in your company, what I would be asking you, duh, what problem are you solving? Who are you serving? What products and services will you offer? What are your simple goals? And what is your strategy to get there? And most of your strategy has to come down to how much time are you dedicating to it? I don't want to invest in you and you don't want to invest in you if you're not going to dedicate a little bit of time to it, right? If you're going to lose weight and get in shape, you have got to go to the gym more than once a month, most people. So what do you do? You drag yourself to the gym or to the, to the treadmill or whatever, three times a week, whatever the number is. There's a strategy that you do, and it all is about allocating time. That becomes part of your plan, right? So I'm speaking more than 15 minutes about making a 15-minute plan, but I'm trying to explain that, right? So I'm overcomplicating it. Why? Because 90% of the conversations I have, even about businesses that have investment from investors, uh, even about businesses that are way ahead of the game, they haven't answered these simple, simple questions is uh, what's going on. So the, the other question, the next question is, who is your competition? You gotta know who, this was crazy because I just was off the phone with one of that phone call I just had. I said, who is your competition? Why would I not buy from them? And they, there was just silence. I need an answer for that. I need an answer. It doesn't have to be brilliant. It might just be because you're faster. A friend of mine made millions and millions of dollars by starting a bolt company because he could get bolts, specialized bolts, overnight. Where all the other companies, it was a two-week lag. It wasn't rocket science. It was just fast service to niche markets. He made a lot of money ended up buying the other big bolt company, right? So, and it wasn't even a fancy product or service. He was just solving a problem. What, who is your competition and why would I buy from you instead of them? And we always say, what makes you different is kind of the answer to that question. So hopefully, so some of just recap this and just kind of, we're gonna put it in a one sentence in, in just a minute is what are your problems you're trying to solve? Number one, what problem are you trying to solve? Who will you serve? Number two, what products and services will you offer to solve that problem? Number three, minimally viable product. Number four, who, uh, what is your general plan to get it done? Number five, uh, what is your competition and what makes you different? There's five little simple things. You can fit all of this. If you can't write all this on one sheet of a paper, maybe if you're creative, you draw pictures, right? You get this on one sheet of paper, and there you go, you've got your business plan. That's really all you need. And then you need to start doing something that's kind of magical, like start contacting and being in front of customers. Because that's what makes a business, is when money flows from one set of hands to another. Because at that point, you're serving people. So I, we, we used to do this in uh, pitch competitions, if you would call it, you know, where we had people say, okay, you have to put your business in these terms. We do X for Y so that they can Z, unlike other companies, dot, 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 dot. So in other words, 
We provide IT services for small companies who do not have IT experts so that they can focus on running their own business. So it's the who, what we do, what problem we're solving, if you will, who is our customer, uh, and, and the benefit that they're going to get from it, and then what differentiates from the customer. So this is kind of a one-sentence thing. Unlike, and this finish this out, unlike other IT service companies such as Geek Squad, we provide fast service and turnarounds so your business keeps running. I've actually heard this one from a lot of business owners who are like, we really hire these Geek Squad guys and it takes them forever to get things fixed. So this is just getting a business up and running, a 15-minute business plan. Most businesses that I know haven't spent a whole lot more than that. And by the way, the secret that you probably don't know, uh, that I didn't know for a long time, nobody's going to read your business plan, except you. If you go to a bank to get a small loan, they don't read your business plan because they don't really know what it is. They're just loaning you money. If you go to an investor, they don't read your business plan until the very minute that they're about to write you the check. And then they're looking for a reason not to invest in you. Why do they want to read your business plan? Because they're going to talk to you. They don't need your business plan. What they're investing in is you more than the plan. So this plan, this business plan is for you. So if you want to be successful in a business, spend 15 minutes writing it down. If you want to spend 30, knock yourself out. If you want to spend three months, you're just really not very serious about a business, are you? What you really like to do is write business plans. Well, that's fine. Hope you enjoy it. So thanks again for joining us. These will be in the show notes at dellcallahan.com. Uh, the podcast actually technically goes out on Tuesday. The show notes will go out dellcallahan.com slash 159 for episode 159. And we'll put the show notes here on, um, on some other things too just to share you. So thanks and see you next week.